Why do you deceive yourself, by Harun Yehya? O man! What has deluded you in respect of your noble Lord? Quran, Chapter 82, Verse 6 Introduction the lifestyles and life goals of the millions of people who live in non-religious communities are very similar to one another. Even if they seem different at first glance, they are still really the same at the end of the day because even if the conditions in which they live differ, their desires, passions, ambitions, plans, ideals and aspirations for the life of the world are practically identical. The years during which a person's character begins to take shape are the childhood years. During these years children live very carefree lives in ignorance of the world. Then they face school life and the teenage years. During these years ambition is limited to the typical desire to have a wide circle of friends, to be popular at school, to wear designer clothes and to put on a show for people. Then school finishes and careers begin. During working life a person tries to better himself in his own profession, make more money and achieve promotion. He devotes all his time and energies to this. At the same time he tries to find and marry a good wife and produce a family. In his own eyes, the only important thing in the world is the establishment of a happy home. In short, he is born, he is educated, he enters working life. He tries to the best of his ability to earn money and respect and later he marries off his children and becomes a grandfather. And he lives with such limited worldly aims and ideals. The years pass quickly and then all of a sudden, he faces the greatest and most inescapable truth of life. The time of death comes. Whatever his age at the time, he departs from the world. Until that moment he has thought of death very little or not at all. He has seen a number of people around him die but he has always regarded his own death as something far off. Throughout his life he has failed even to grasp the idea of death because his mind has been so occupied with worldly things that the thought of death has not managed to cross it. For this reason, he is far removed from essential considerations such as Allah's good pleasure and the garden and the fire. He has been unable to understand the true purpose of life by reflecting upon such realities. Throughout his time in the world he has pursued aims, plans and ideals very different from those that are really important. He has worked very hard for worldly things but is totally unprepared for the hereafter. While in this condition, he meets with death when he least expects it, unprepared and confused like someone who suddenly awakes from sleep. Feeling regret at last, he wants to turn back, but it is now too late. Allah describes the situation of this person and those like him in Quran, Chapter 32. Say, the angel of death, who has been given charge of you, will take you back and then you will be sent back to your Lord. If only you could see the evildoers hanging their heads in shame before their Lord, our Lord, we have seen and we have heard, so send us back again and we will act rightly. Truly, we now have certainty. Quran, Chapter 32, Verse 11-12 So, how does a person wind up in this position? How does he manage to avoid reality until the time comes when he feels a regret for which there is no cure? 
How does he manage to ignore the purpose for which he is placed in the world? There are various defense mechanisms which people use to ignore the truths of life and to console themselves by doing so. One of these, perhaps the most effective, is self-deception. A person who deceives himself believes he can evade all realities, including death and all responsibilities. In fact self-deception is not a solution. On the contrary, failure to understand the true purpose of existence in this world sets a person on a path that leads straight to hell. What a person really needs to accomplish is to avoid deceiving himself by ignoring the truth and take the maximum possible advantage of the period that Allah has allotted to him in the world. Now, think about all this in terms of yourself. Up to now you may have lived along the lines described above. You may have failed to think about the true purpose of life, you may have put aside your responsibilities towards Allah, who created you, and you may have deceived yourself. If you do not want to meet death suddenly while in this state and to be faced with eternal regret, you should read what this book has to say and think very seriously about it because in this book we point out the matters about which people deceive themselves and the truths which they ignore. Do not forget that waking up and seeing the truth at the moment of death does nobody any good. Allah has given us a clear warning about this. Give from what we have provided for you before death comes to one of you and he says, My Lord, if only you would give me a little more time so that I can give charity and be one of the righteous. Allah will not give anyone more time, once their time has come. Allah is aware of what you do. Quran, Chapter 63, Verse 10-11 Remembering the Purpose of Creation if you are in the street, look around you. If you are at home, look through the window. Think, too, about all the places on the face of the earth which you cannot see at this moment, the oceans, the lakes and the mountains, the millions of people other than those you can see and the millions of living creatures you never encounter in life. Finally, leave the world and think about the universe a boundless space that accommodates hundreds of millions of galaxies with hundreds of millions of stars, planets, comets and a great many more celestial bodies. Now listen to your conscience sincerely and think. Why and how do all these creatures and things exist? Living and non-living alike, how do they carry on a harmonious existence together within such a flawless system? What is the divine purpose behind this magnificence in the universe and the superior characteristics which living things, especially human beings, possess? What are all these things, particularly man, the only being with consciousness on the face of the earth, doing in the world? We are told the true purpose of creation in the Quran which Allah sent down as a guide to His servants. This purpose is to serve our Lord who created us and allows us to live. Allah describes this purpose in a verse of the Quran as follows. I only created jinn and man to worship me, Quran, chapter 51, verse 56. So the world with all the features described above, and its seas, lakes, oceans, flowers, trees, mountains, and living things, is an environment specially created by Allah to test whether or not people fulfill this obligation. The universe and all the systems in it, stars, planets and other celestial bodies, 
have been created so that people may see the greatness and boundless mercy of our Lord and praise His power. In the same way, each of the events which a person experiences in life and all the places in which he finds himself are parts of the test which he undergoes in the world. Allah informs us in the following verse of the Quran that the purpose of creation and placing people in the world is to test them. We created man from a mingled drop to test him, and we made him hearing and seeing. Quran, Chapter 76, Verse 2 in this testing environment, a person is responsible for considering Allah's instructions and prohibitions at every moment and acting in such a way as to earn his approval. We are told in the Quran that people who reject or evade this responsibility will be repaid for eternity with the torment of hell because of their enormous ingratitude for all the blessings Allah provides. In spite of this most people are strangely insensitive. Forgetting the true purpose of their lives, they find different priorities for themselves and adopt different aims. They struggle for months, even years, for worldly purposes, but they do not even want to think about their responsibilities to Allah. They never consider the possibility that the consequence in the hereafter for irresponsibility in this world is hell. However, there is not a single person on the face of the earth who can claim to be unaware of these truths. Allah has shown them to people in every age from that of Prophet Adam, peace be upon him, onwards. He has sent down the book that announces him and teaches how he should be followed and he has sent his prophets. After all this, people cannot plead ignorance. A verse of the Quran reminds us of this truth. Messengers bringing good news and giving warning, so that people will have no argument against Allah after the coming of the messengers. Allah is Almighty, All-Wise. Quran, Chapter 4, Verse 165 The prophets sent by Allah, the books He has sent down and likewise the advice given to people by the believers are all vehicles for this teaching. Throughout history a great many believers have invited others to join the religion of Allah and have warned them about the Day of Judgment by pointing out the existence of Paradise and Hell. Aside from these, let us suppose that a person says that he has never heard anything about the true purpose of life, has never been advised of this by anybody, and has never read Allah's book. As we stated at the outset, by thinking about creation and the flawless systems around him, such a person can still realize that these were brought into being by an infinitely powerful creator for a definite purpose. As a living being who was himself created, he can understand his responsibilities towards our Creator because Allah created people with a conscience which tells them what is right and true. People who evaluate what is around them by listening to the voice of their conscience can arrive at these truths. A story we are told in the Quran about Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, is an outstanding and enlightening example. Because of that we showed Ibrahim the dominions of the heavens and the earth so that he might be one of the people of certainty. When night covered him he saw a star and said, This is my Lord. Then when it set he said, I do not love what sets. Then when he saw the moon come up he said, This is my Lord. Then when it set he said, If my Lord does not guide me, I will be one of the misguided people. Then when he saw the sun come up he said, this is my Lord. This is greater. 
Then when it said he said, My people, I am free of what you associate with Allah. I have turned my face to him who brought the heavens and earth into being, a pure natural believer. I am not one of the idolaters. Quran, Chapter 6, Verse 75-79 As we can see in the above story, Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, realized the existence of Allah, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, and understood the need to serve Him solely by listening to His conscience. We understand from this example that looking at their surroundings through the eyes of the conscience is enough for people to understand their need to serve Allah. However, in spite of this, Allah in His goodness has provided people by various means with detailed information about the purpose of their existence and how they should serve Him. Without doubt this is a sign of Allah's boundless mercy and compassion towards humanity, and a manifestation of His name, Al-Hadi, the guide showing people the true path. In the world, Allah uses many methods of pointing this out to people and also gives them time to understand these signs. Despite all this, people, who fail to evaluate with open consciences the signs and the manifest truths they see, make up the majority in the world. Such people exhibit behavior which is completely heedless of these truths even though this behavior will cause them harm in their eternal lives in the hereafter. Look around you once again. Children, teenagers, men, women, old people, most of them are going about their daily business as if they will never be faced with death and the day of judgment. One is trying to catch the school bus, another is hurrying towards his car to avoid being late for work. One is busy shopping for guests who will arrive in the evening, another making preparations for the arrival of the grandchild who will be born in a few weeks. Of course, these are things that everybody experiences in the normal course of daily life. Obviously, they are all extremely commonplace. The problem is that people live through them in a completely heedless mental state and do not stop to think that Allah is with them, that death is coming quickly, and that in the presence of Allah they will be called to account for the years during which they forgot our Lord. So how can people be so blind to these blatant truths in spite of the countless signs of Allah's existence and the many signs of their impotence in His presence? How can they close their eyes to the truth like ostriches burying their heads in the sand, especially when they will be afflicted with the harm this behavior causes? Without any doubt this happens with most people not because they cannot understand what they should do, but because they deceive themselves even though their consciences can see what is right. We are using the word, deception, because, as we have said, on this matter these people do not have a problem of ignorance or inability to understand. The problem is the level of commitment of these people to worldly life and their failure to approach realities honestly because of secret or open rejection of the hereafter. Allah tells us in the Quran about the existence of such people as follows. I will divert from my signs all those who are arrogant in the earth without any right. If they see every sign, they will not believe in it. If they see the way of right guidance, they will not take it as a way. But if they see the way of error, they will take that as a way. That is because they denied our signs and paid no attention to them. As for those who denied our signs and the encounter of the hereafter, their actions will come to nothing. Will they be repaid except for what they did?
Quran, Chapter 7, Verse 146 to 147. Those who prefer the life of this world to the hereafter, and bar access to the way of Allah, seeking in it something crooked, they are greatly misguided. Quran, Chapter 14, Verse 3. In another verse, Allah speaks of the heedless spiritual state into which these people plunge themselves by deceiving themselves and closing their eyes to the truth. Mankind's reckoning has drawn very close to them, yet they heedlessly turn away. Quran, Chapter 21, Verse 1 It is blatantly obvious that a person will be faced with the day of judgment and called to account for his actions during his life in the world. Remaining completely heedless and making no attempt to escape from this heedless attitude is the greatest senselessness and the most unscrupulous behavior. It is Allah's will that in the hereafter this behavior will be justly repaid. Our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, also reminded people of the existence and nearness of the hereafter in these words. Paradise is nearer to any of you than the strap of his shoe, and so is the hell. Fire. Ahmad Ibn Hanbal, Volume 1, Number 387, Imam Ibn Kathir, The Life of This World is Fleeting Enjoyment. If you do not wish to cause yourself eternal remorse, for which there is no comfort, be careful. Do not deceive yourself by devoting yourself to worldly aims. The real purpose of your presence in the world is not for you to have a successful career or become rich or establish a happy home or have children. None of these is the real reason for your existence. Your greatest purpose is to serve Allah and earn His approval, His mercy and entry into His paradise. Naturally, during their life in the world people may be successful in business, rise to a superior position, marry and have children and grandchildren, or make an effort to accomplish these things, but only on condition that they do not make them the sole aim of their lives in the world, and that they are seeking Allah's approval at the same time. A person who does otherwise will find at his death that everything else loses its meaning and he will realize that serving Allah is the only thing that is really important. Allah relates in a verse of the Quran. It is not your wealth or your children that will bring you near to us. Only in the case of people who believe and act rightly, such people will have a double recompense for what they did. They will be safe from all harm in the high halls of paradise. Quran, Chapter 34, Verse 37 In other verses, Allah speaks of the situation of people who deceive themselves in the life of this world with property and opportunities, and forget the purpose of creation and who, as a result, are liable to great suffering in the hereafter. He will say, if only death had really been the end. My wealth has been of no use to me. My power has vanished. Seize him and truss him up. Then roast him in the blazing fire. Quran, Chapter 69, Verse 27 to 31 Being sincerely religious without deceiving yourself. In the previous chapter we began by looking at what is around us, at all the living and non-living things on the face of the earth and in the universe, and as a result of these reflections we arrived at the truth that the purpose of a person's creation is to serve Allah. 
Let us begin this chapter by pointing out a very important matter. How old are you now? Let's say you are 30 years old and that we go back in time 30 years and 10 months. You did not yet exist on the face of the earth and neither was there any sign that you ever would. Later, a sperm came together with an ovary, and after a nine-month period of growth you arrived in the world as a baby. That is, you came into existence from nothing. First you were a single cell. Then the cell divided and became two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Finally, you came to be a living being made up of millions of cells with hands, limbs, eyes, ears, a nose, blood circulation, a respiratory system, and others. Although you were once a single cell, you turned into a thinking, intelligent, seeing and feeling being with information, knowledge and the capacity for pleasure. When you think about it, you can easily understand what an extraordinary process this is. How, then, did this miracle happen? How was an intelligent creature produced by the combining of two parts, invisible to the naked eye, and how did this creature come into the world as a baby complete in all its parts? The answer to this is given in the following verses. It is he who created you from earth, then from a drop of sperm, then from a clot of blood, then he brings you out as infants, then, so you may achieve full strength, then so you may become old men, though some of you may die before that time, so that you may reach a predetermined age and so that hopefully you will use your intellect. It is he who gives life and causes to die. When he decides on something, he just says to it, Be, and it is. Quran, Chapter 40, Verse 67-68 to In these verses we are reminded that the Creator of all people, including ourselves, and all living creatures is Allah, and when faced with this truth people need to use their intelligence. A person who uses his intelligence will arrive at the real purpose of creation and give himself over to the religion of Allah. He will devote his life to gaining his approval and mercy. In the Quran, Allah tells people to stay away from delusions by reflecting on how they were created. O oh man! What has deluded you in respect of your noble Lord? He who created you and formed you and proportioned you and assembled you in whatever way he willed. Yes, indeed. But still you deny the judgment. Standing over you are guardians, noble, recording, who know what you do. Quran, Chapter 82, Verse 6-12 However, despite all these truths, man is prone to deluding himself and straying from the true path by means of self-deception, and of wasting his efforts on worthless things. Although every detail of the world is miraculous in the extreme, he is inclined to fail to see and feel this or, by ignoring the voice of his conscience, feign ignorance about what he sees and feels. If a person does not think about the existence and greatness of Allah, and does not use his intelligence, he will be plunged into eternal regret because of his experiences in the world. Because of this, people need to stop deceiving themselves and bear in mind the fact that everything in the world was created for a purpose, that all the good things they possess are given them as a blessing and that they will be called to account for everything they have done on the Day of Judgment. Sincerity 
People with a true and sincere faith neither deceive themselves nor evade the truth on any subject because they have a powerful fear and respect of Allah, and so they strenuously avoid jeopardizing the chances of His approval and neglecting their duties to Him. However, those defined in the Quran as people who have sickness in their hearts are reluctant in their worship of Allah. Allah points these people out in Quran, chapter 4, verse 72 by saying, Among you there are people who hang back. These people know the lifestyle and morality that conform to the Quran but they show reluctance in this matter because they are not sincere. They always find excuses for failing to perform their worship. Because they are involved in this constant search for excuses, they come up with false realities which will deceive them or divert them from the truth whatever the situation or circumstances. As Allah tells us in another verse, they worship Allah right on the edge and do not devote themselves to Allah as they should. The truth is that they only deceive themselves with their insincere concept of worship. Allah explains this in the Quran. Among the people there are some who say, we believe in Allah and the last day, when they are not believers. They think they deceive Allah and those who believe. They deceive no one but themselves, but they are not aware of it. There is a sickness in their hearts and Allah has increased their sickness. They will have a painful punishment on account of their denial. Quran, Chapter 2, Verse 8-10 Sincerity is fundamental to the religion of Allah. If a person carries out certain forms of worship reluctantly just out of habit or so as not to attract criticism from others around him, he is deceiving only himself, as we are told in the above verses. He cannot expect what he does to have any value in the sight of Allah. In the Quran, Allah warns us that acts of worship which are carried out reluctantly will not be accepted. Nothing prevents what they give from being accepted from them but the fact that they have rejected Allah and His Messenger, and that they only come to prayer lethargically, and that they only give reluctantly. Quran, Chapter 9, Verse 54 Insincere people have endless, inexhaustible excuses for avoiding their responsibilities to Allah and wasting their lives on worldly ambitions. In childhood, during their school years, when they enter working life, while they are enjoying themselves, when they are happy, when they are sad, the whole year round. Under all circumstances, they can come up with manufactured reasons for not worshipping and for failing to follow Allah's instructions. In the chapters to come we will illustrate the excuses people put forward with examples from everyday life. What is important is that it should be realized that people are insincere and they make these excuses because there can be no reason whatsoever for people not to carry out Allah's instructions while they are in this life. If a person tries to put forward such an excuse, this just demonstrates his insincerity or lack of conviction. A person who knows that Allah is with him at every moment, that he sees and hears everything and knows and brings to light all that people try to keep secret, will never attempt any insincerity in serving him. Such a person knows very well that if he tries to put forward an excuse, Allah is aware of it before it even crosses his lips and that he is aware, too, of the reluctance within a person who is hesitant in his service to him. He understands that such insincere behavior will not go unpunished, so he also knows that self-deception is no escape but will, on the contrary, 
cause him great harm. A person like this never strays from seeking Allah's approval under any circumstances because he has no weakness thanks to his firm faith in Allah. He is unconditionally sincere at all times. People who have sickness in their hearts do have a weakness in their faith even if they do not deny Allah openly. That is to say, their faith is dependent on certain conditions. They do not hesitate to deviate from their religion the moment it comes into conflict with their own comfort or their own advantage. At other times they try to ease their consciences by carrying out whatever worship comes easily to them. These people very obviously deceive themselves, but they can in no way arrive at an awareness of this. If you do not want to fall into the state of insincerity these people exhibit in the sight of Allah, be careful not to deceive yourself. If your knowledge is not enough, you can get to know our Lord best by reading the Quran because in this book, Allah introduces Himself to His servants. In this way, you will be able to understand Allah's might and become a believer with a complete and sincere faith. However, if you evaluate Allah and His religion from a position of ignorance of the religion, you will fall into errors from which there is no recovery. Do not forget that you will only find salvation and you believe in Allah with a firm faith and serve Him sincerely. This truth is also stated by our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, thus. Whoever meets Allah, without associating partners with him, will enter paradise. Sahih Muslim Faith in the Hereafter As we have pointed out in previous chapters, a person who spends his life pursuing his own desires and passions, doing worthless deeds and failing to recognize the instructions and prohibitions of Allah does not want to consider that in the hereafter he will be resurrected, called to account for everything he has done and treated accordingly. Because of this, no matter how much his conscience is aware of the existence of the hereafter, he prefers to suppress his conscience and deceives himself. This is, for example, one of the reasons people adopt the belief in reincarnation which has become widespread in recent times and according to which people return to the world after death many times, in different places, at different times and with different identities. This is because people who know that in the hereafter the punishment of hell awaits them for what they have done, or who at least grant the possibility of this, are made uncomfortable by the fact that on dying they will enter the hereafter. As a result they joyfully accept such perverted beliefs or ideas, which are completely outside of the truth, even though they are not supported by the slightest evidence. People who seek to deceive themselves in this way by making themselves believe that there is no hereafter have existed in every period of history. Indeed, in the Quran Allah warns us about the way these people avoid intelligent reasoning and common rationality, simply so as to evade accepting the existence of the hereafter and coming face to face with its reality. These are some of the relevant verses. They will say, Are we to be restored to how we were when we have become perished, worm-eaten bones? They say, That will clearly be a losing restoration. Quran, Chapter 79, Verse 10-12 As we can see from the verses above, 
people who reject the hereafter and resurrection are actually aware that the fact that they will be resurrected will not be to their benefit, so as far as possible they try not to let it cross their minds and using sophisticated speech and twisted logic they attempt to cover it up and encourage others to do the same. The Quran gives us this example. He makes likenesses of us and forgets his own creation, saying, Who will give life to bones when they are decayed? Say, he who made them in the first place will bring them back to life. He has total knowledge of each created thing. Quran, Chapter 36, Verse 78-79 People who choose this method of deceiving themselves on the subject of the hereafter reflect this rationale in all their thinking and behavior. There are no bounds to the excesses of a person who makes himself believe that there will be no judgment day after death, and no eternal life in paradise or hell, because one of the reasons for people to fear and avoid excess is the knowledge that what they do will have its consequences in the hereafter. By letting go of this belief, they begin to belittle and neglect their responsibilities towards Allah. Only people who believe in the hereafter can be aware that its repayment for ignoring the truth through self-deception during the life of this world is great pain and suffering. When you think a little, you can also easily see that everything around you is not the work of chance but exists because of Allah's boundless power, knowledge and control. In addition, as we are told in the verses above, creating the hereafter is an easy matter for our Lord, and there can be no doubt whatsoever that it conforms to divine justice. Be careful, and do not under any circumstances ignore these truths and try to deceive yourself, because those who do so and avoid facing the truth of the hereafter will be unable to compensate for their errors there and will live in eternal pain. Obedience to Satan the great majority of people do not know the true characteristics of Satan and picture him as an imaginary being according to what they have heard from other people and seen in the movies. So while some people believe Satan has an independent power of his own, surely Allah is beyond this, and grossly exaggerate him, others regard the existence of Satan with skepticism and are unable to accept it. Even if they grant the possibility that he may exist, they do not believe that Satan has any effect on them whatsoever. Neither of these positions are based on any information or evidence but result from ignorant superstition. On this subject, as on all others, we can obtain the most correct and reliable information from the true Book of Allah. As our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, states. The best word is the word of Allah and the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad. Sunan Ibn Majah, Makadama, 7. As we are told in the Quran, first and foremost Satan possesses no independent power. He is a being created by Allah and holy under his control. Everything which happens in the world does so only because Allah wills it. After being dismissed from Allah's presence, Satan asked Allah to grant him a period until the end of the world. We are told of his dismissal from Allah's presence and the P.E. riot he was granted as follows. We created you and then formed you, and then we said to the angels, Prostrate before Adam, and they prostrated, except for Iblis. He was not among those who prostrated. He said, What prevented you from prostrating when I commanded you to? He replied, I am better than him.
You created me from fire and you created him from clay. He said, Descend from heaven. It is not for you to be arrogant in it. So get out. You are one of the abased. He said, Grant me a reprieve until the day they are raised up. He said, You are one of the reprieved. He said, By your misguidance of me, I will lie in ambush for them on your straight path. Then I will come at them, from in front of them and behind them, from their right and from their left. You will not find most of them thankful. He said, Get out of it, reviled and driven out. As for those of them who follow you, I will fill up hell with every one of you. Quran, Chapter 7, Verse 11-18 After being condemned to the eternal torment of dismissal from Allah's presence, Satan swore an oath to mislead people into his own perverted ways and began his cunning operations. Allah made Satan's activities a means of distinguishing between his faithful believers and those who did not serve him. Thus Satan's crafty games, traps and schemes are aimed at every living person, that is, to everybody who is still undergoing the test of life in this world. Satan will attempt to deceive everybody, without exception. As a result, nobody should regard himself as being immune to Satan's influence. If a person is aware of this, he behaves with care and is able to detect even the smallest of Satan's traps. However, if you regard Satan's influence as something far away, he may very easily fall under this influence. Because of this, Satan cannot influence Allah's sincere servants because they never forget that he will try to divert them from the true path, and so guard themselves carefully against him. Satan's evil cunning can show itself anywhere. As a result of his wiles, a person may fall into error on any matter he encounters in his everyday life whether he is aware of this or not, and if he is not a sincere believer this influence can take over his entire life so that the outcome is that it drives him straight to hell. That is exactly Satan's purpose. Satan wants people to rebel against Allah and suffer eternal torment. He never stops chasing them until they enter the fire. The purpose of all his traps, whether big or small, of his watching and waiting for an opportunity, is to draw people to hell with himself. In one verse, Allah warns people against the enmity of Satan. Satan is your enemy so treat him as an enemy. He summons his party so they will be among the people of the searing blaze. Quran, Chapter 35, Verse 6 Obviously in this verse Allah informs us about a great danger. From the dawn of humanity to the present, Satan has achieved his purpose with countless people who do not believe in Allah. These verses of the Quran tell us so. Iblis was correct in his assessment of them and they followed him, except for a group of the believers. He had no authority over them except to enable us to know those who believe in the hereafter from those who are in doubt about it. Your Lord is the preserver of all things. Quran, Chapter 34, Verse 20-21 However, let us note right away that Allah has also told us that Satan's power of deception is very weak, Quran, Chapter 4, Verse 76. As we can see from the above verse, it is out of the question for Satan to compel people. He does not have the power to do so. 
Satan merely speaks to people and those who do not have a sincere faith in Allah and reject the truth of the hereafter heed his call and harm themselves. We are told in the following verse of the Quran that Satan himself will confess. When the affair is decided Satan will say, Allah made you a promise, a promise of truth, and I made you a promise but broke my promise. I had no authority over you, except that I called you and you responded to me. Do not, therefore, blame me, but blame yourselves. I cannot come to your aid, nor you to mine. I reject the way you associated me with Allah before. The wrongdoers will have a painful punishment. Quran, Chapter 14, Verse 22 Just as Satan's deception is weak, protection against the influence of his harmful wiles is very easy. Allah tells us the ways of escaping this influence. If an evil impulse from Satan provokes you, seek refuge in Allah. He is all-hearing, all-seeing. As for those who fear Allah, when they are bothered by visitors from Satan, they remember and immediately see clearly. Quran, Chapter 7 verse 200-201. As we can clearly see in these verses, it is impossible for Satan to have any influence on believers. The way to escape the negative influence of Satan is to take refuge in Allah, the possessor of infinite power, and to reflect on what he has said in his book. A person who can think with a clear mind and see the truth without falling into error is extremely careful in the face of Satan's deception and instead of falling into his trap he destroys it with his faith, determination and devotion to Allah. However, most people do not think that such a danger to them exists. For this reason, they cannot think of taking refuge in Allah when faced with Satan's wiles. Satan approaches these misguided people with guile, and whispers his blandishments in their ears and into their hearts. One of the reasons why some people deceive themselves about the truth is that they listen to these deceptions and blandishments and follow the path to which Satan summons them. So how can Satan persuade so many people who appear to be intelligent to such unintelligent behavior? In what ways can he cause them to deceive themselves and follow the path that leads to hell? In the coming pages, we will explain the situation of those people who succumb to the wiles of Satan and the reasoning they use to deceive themselves, and we will bring to light the shameful position into which these people fall. We will draw attention to the ways in which Satan deceives such people and drives them into hell, and we will also make it clear to sincere people that they should be careful in the face of his cunning stratagems. Making Excuses in order to divert people from the path of Allah, Satan uses many tactics to prevent them from worshipping Allah as he has instructed, and from living the life of moral excellence taught in the Quran. One of these tactics is to ensure that people put forward various excuses for not being able to worship. In other words, Satan hands a person excuses that make what he does seem reasonable. For example, to a young person who knows that he has to worship Allah, he whispers that he still has many years ahead of him in which to meet his responsibilities fully but that at the moment, time and circumstances are not suitable because he is away from home all day at work or at school and that his friends may view him with contempt. If the person does not have a sincere and powerful faith, he is deceived by these whisperings, 
but Satan is not easily satisfied with this and does not leave the person alone. As we said earlier, he will not leave him until he is in hell. He persuades the person that what he is doing is reasonable and that he is right in acting this way until finally, the person ends up as one who no longer observes the duties imposed by Allah and who firmly believes he has good reasons for not doing so. In fact, as we have pointed out before, everybody knows in his conscience that it is necessary to serve Allah, who created him. However, for reasons presented by Satan as valid, he may at times convince himself that it is not necessary. To put it another way, although his conscience knows what should be done, he deceives himself for various reasons and convinces himself of what is not correct. In the Quran, Allah gives a number of examples of such people who lose their sincerity as a result of Satan's blandishments. Amongst these, we are given examples of people who lived in the time of our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, and had weaknesses in their faith. Under the conditions of the time, a war was in prospect and our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, urged people to fight for what was right according to the instructions of the Quran, but those classified by Allah as people who have sickness in their hearts, put forward all kinds of excuses for not going to war. This is related in the Quran as follows. They were told, come and fight in the way of Allah or at least help defend us. They said, if we knew how to fight, we would certainly follow you. They were closer to disbelief that day than to faith, saying with their mouths what was not in their hearts. And Allah knows best what they are hiding. Quran, Chapter 3, Verse 167 It is blatantly obvious that those people had come under Satan's influence, because in addition to being aware in their consciences of what needed to be done, they had heard the teaching of our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, and knew the religion of Allah well. However, in spite of knowing the truth and continuing to carry out every other act of worship that was incumbent on them, they still fell into Satan's trap. Even though they knew that Muslims needed to be protected, they tried to deceive themselves and other believers by claiming that they did not know. Another group amongst these people tried to escape by telling our Prophet, May Allah bless him and grant him peace, our wealth and families kept us occupied, so ask forgiveness for us, Quran, chapter 48, verse 11. This was a statement made under the influence of Satan. This is the only explanation for the complete lack of conscience shown by those who were more preoccupied with their own private concerns while all so many Muslims were in danger of losing their lives. The people in question knew perfectly well what they needed to do to conform to Allah's instructions and earn His approval. In fact because they knew that they were insincere, they tried to salve their consciences with words by saying that they wanted our Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, to ask forgiveness for them. Although they were acting contrary to their consciences, they managed to convince themselves of their own lies to such an extent that they ended up feeling quite at ease with their behavior. In the following verse of the Quran, Allah relates the situation of insincere people who feel justified in their avoidance of their religious obligations. Those who were left behind were glad to stay behind the Messenger of Allah. They did not want to strive with their wealth and themselves in the way of Allah. They said, do not go out to fight in the heat.
Say, the fire of hell is much hotter, if they only understood. Quran, Chapter 9, Verse 81 Satan was able to seduce people with these excuses under the conditions and in the atmosphere of the time of the Prophet, may Allah bless him and grant him peace, and there can be no doubt that he is trying to do the same thing to people today with different blandishments and different excuses because he is aware of everybody's weaknesses. He can make different plans according to any circumstances and conditions. The people he challenges may be scientists, professors, men of ideas, leaders, common people, artists, in short people of every level of culture and material wealth. Satan knows by which means he should approach all of these people. The only people Satan cannot influence despite his trying every opportunity to do so are the sincere Muslims, as Allah mentions in the Quran. Since they fear Allah and do whatever they can to avoid the fire, they take very deliberate precautions against Satan's trickery. In addition to this they make the best use of their intelligence, listen to their consciences and rely upon their faith in Allah. The stratagems and tactics of Satan that we have described above are aimed at everybody. In other words, you, too, are a person in danger of coming under Satan's stealthy influence. This being the case, be sincere in your faith, and do not fall into Satan's trap. Do not forget that Satan is waiting for the opportunity to drag you into the fire along with himself and is making plans for you. At the first opportunity, he will cunningly go into action. Do not give Satan that opportunity. He will whisper every possible excuse in your ear to prevent you from following Allah's path and serving and worshipping Him. Moreover, he will try to present his case as very sensible and reasonable. In this way, he will try to persuade you by making you deceive yourself. By listening to your conscience you can easily detect what is happening and protect yourself from the influence of Satan by responding instead to the impulse which directs you to gain Allah's approval. In this world, nothing is more important or urgent than protecting yourself against the fire of hell, so do not listen to the suggested persuasions with which Satan encourages you to deceive yourself, because on the day of judgment no excuse will be acceptable. As Allah tells us in his book, he will not accept the presentation of excuses. This is the truth, so beware. Do not under any circumstances fool yourself by imagining you can offer excuses for not living according to the religion of Allah. Diversions and Distractions Another of Satan's tactics is to divert people into empty and purposeless tasks. He paints activities and tasks that have nothing to do with the approval of Allah in pretty colors and makes them appear in an attractive and positive light. A person who falls for this ends up devoting himself entirely to worldly plans, rewards and targets. While he is diverted by these projects, it does not cross his mind that one day his life in the world will end and that he will be called to account in the presence of Allah. As we stated at the beginning of this book, he wastes his entire life on fleeting ideals such as a higher position, more money and investments and a brighter future. It is obvious what a great mistake it is for a person who does not know where and how he will die and has no guarantee that he will still be alive from one second to the next, to pursue such fruitless ambitions and calculations. 
However, the great majority of people persuade themselves that it is necessary for them to live like this. To console themselves, they opt not to think about any of the things we have said in this book and would rather continue their lives of self-deception. In line with this, they regard every target they set for themselves as the most important thing in the world. For instance, the most important aim of a secretary is not to forget the boss's meetings, of a student, to earn the highest possible marks, of a shop assistant, to sell the most shoes on a given day, of a businessman, to win a major tender, of an athlete, to take the biggest prize in his event, of a singer, to have more people listen to his CDs, of a young girl, to wear the most beautiful dress at a party she is going to, of a high school student, to become the boyfriend of the school's most beautiful girl, of a translator, to find the perfect words, and of a writer, to write the most successful books and articles. Of course, in all these things it is natural for a person to want to do and be the best, but as we said at the outset, they are not the most important tasks in a person's life. There is no more important task for a person than earning Allah's good pleasure and becoming a servant of Allah who deserves paradise. If a person deceives himself, ignores the truth and believes that his worldly desires are the sole purpose of life, he will suffer great regret when suddenly, he finds himself face to face with death. Up to that moment he has believed that the most important things were his house, business, wife, car, diplomas, friends, family and circle of business acquaintances, but at his first sight of the angel of death he realizes how fleeting they were and that they were just parts of his test in life. Immediately afterwards, with the boundless blessings of the garden on one side and violent physical and mental torment of the fire on the other, he suffers an insupportable helplessness and regret when he gives the account of his deeds to Allah. At that moment all that is important is what he has done to earn Allah's approval, but this person has done nothing of the kind during his life. He has not attempted to gain the approval of Allah. Then he comes to understand with the greatest possible bitterness that all the effort he devoted to the goals for which he grew old and wasted his life, had neither meaning nor importance. The truth is that this is not something he did not know. He knew in his conscience exactly what would become of him but he chose to evade this by deceiving himself. Allah tells us about the position of people like this in the verse. Satan made their actions seem good to them and so debarred them from the way, even though they were intelligent people. Quran, Chapter 29, Verse 38 In other words, although they are capable of seeing the truth, these people fall prey to Satan's deceptions and waste their lives on empty tasks. Allah tells us in these verses that accepting that they have done wrong will do these people no good in the hereafter. And your Lord arrives with the angels rank upon rank and that day hell is produced, that day man will remember, but how will the remembrance help him? He will say, Oh! If only I had prepared in advance for this life of mine. That day no one will punish as he punishes, and no one will shackle as he shackles. Quran, Chapter 89, Verse 22-26 In order not to be one of those who says, If only, in the hereafter, think right now about the real purpose of your life and consider to what extent what you are doing serves this purpose. Be careful. 
Do not deceive yourself into thinking that the empty and purposeless tasks you do are worthwhile. This applies to everything you do, every task you undertake throughout the day. Naturally, you are going to work hard for many different things, but your basic purpose in doing all of them should be to earn Allah's approval and His paradise. If, in any task, you see no likelihood of Allah's approving, and do not believe it will be to your advantage in the hereafter, give it up. Devote yourself only to tasks that you can see are good and beneficial. Your conscience makes the distinction for you in the best way possible. Listen to your conscience and take heed. Do not let Satan divert you by making valueless and fleeting things seem attractive. False Promises In his task of diverting people from the path of Allah, Satan does not stop at making useless tasks seem attractive. He also makes a variety of promises. Allah tells us about Satan's falsehood in this verse. He, Satan, makes promises to them and fills them with false hopes. But what Satan promises them is nothing but delusion. Quran, Chapter 4, Verse 120 People who come under the influence of Satan make themselves believe they have long years ahead of them and pursue long-term plans. Behaving as if they will live in this world forever, they lose Allah's approval by devoting themselves to worldly ambitions such as money, property, rank and position. In another verse, Allah relates that this is another deception of Satan's. Those who have turned back in their tracks after the guidance became clear to them, it was Satan who talked them into it and filled them with false hopes. Quran, Chapter 47, Verse 25 Every person has wide-ranging plans and schemes for thousands of matters according to the situation and circumstances in which he finds himself. Even if the plans of people from different professions, age groups, and social strata vary, they are all fundamentally worldly. For example, a businessman's greatest ambition for the future is to own a large factory. After he has achieved factory ownership, his greatest ambition is to be able to market his goods worldwide. Or an artist aims to be well known by everybody in his own country, loved and respected and recognized as a great talent. When he succeeds in this, his next target is to achieve the same thing on a world scale. We can give examples of this type that concern many different people. In the life of the world, these people work day and night to realize their ambitions. They make many sacrifices, suffer many difficulties and struggle to overcome problems and obstacles of all kinds. But are their lives long enough to achieve what they want? Everybody needs to think about this as a priority because success in none of the plans outlined above is guaranteed. By contrast, it is certain that death comes to everybody. In spite of this, these people make no plans and preparations for the hereafter. They devote the whole of their lives to the realization of their worldly ambitions. They never even consider that one day death will come and with it all their plans will be abandoned incomplete, because Satan has made them promises as described in the Quran, and they waste their lives by allowing themselves to be deceived by these promises. Instead of chasing long-term targets, a person should live in the way Allah has shown us in the Quran, 
knowing that he is responsible to Allah and will be called to account in his presence on the Day of Judgment. If not, he may find himself excluded from the garden because of failure to prepare for eternal life and missing the opportunities given to him. A person who wastes himself on worthless tasks during the period that Allah has granted him will suffer great regret in the hereafter. We are warned of this. Did we not let you live long enough for anyone who was going to pay heed to pay heed? Quran, Chapter 35, Verse 37 As we are told in the verse above, everybody is granted a period in which to take advice and listen to the voice of his conscience. No matter how much Satan tries to drive him onto the wrong path, a person has the opportunity to ignore his call and follow the path of Allah. The only means of doing this is sincere faith and trust in Allah. In the Quran we are told that every effort Satan directs towards people with these characteristics and every promise he makes will prove futile. Allah said, Stir up any of them you can with your voice and rally against them your cavalry and your infantry and share with them in their children and their wealth and make them promises. The promise of Satan is nothing but delusion. But as for my servants, you will not have any authority over them. Your Lord suffices as a guardian. Quran, Chapter 17, Verse 64-65 Be careful and do not let Satan make you forget the place for which you really need to prepare by having you pursue worldly ambitions and long-term plans. Do not deceive yourself by adopting worldly ideals and fleeting ambitions and believing that you are doing something worthwhile. Apply the following instruction of Allah without ever letting it slip your mind at any moment of your life. You who believe. Fear Allah and let each self look to what it has sent forward for tomorrow. Fear Allah. Allah is aware of what you do. Do not be like those who forgot Allah so he made them forget themselves. Such people are the deviators. Quran, Chapter 59 Verse 18-19 What lies do people deceive themselves with? Satan tries to attract people to his path with a variety of deceptive stratagems, blandishments and promises. By making them forget the purpose of creation, he directs people towards worldly advantages and fleeting ambitions. If a person heeds Satan's call and sets his face against the call of our Lord, it becomes impossible for him to see the truth. Allah has told us about the condition of such people in Quran, chapter 43. If someone shuts his eyes to the remembrance of the All-Merciful, we assign him a Satan who becomes his bosom friend. They debar them from the path, yet they still think they are guided, so that, when he reaches us, he says, if only there was the distance of the two Easts between you and me. What an evil companion! It will not benefit you today, since you did wrong, that you share equally in the punishment. Can you make the dead hear or guide the blind and those who are patently misguided? Quran, Chapter 43, Verse 36-40 As can be seen from the above verses, Allah describes these people as blind and deaf. Of course, this is not physical blindness and deafness. Allah is pointing out that such people are blind and deaf in the spiritual sense and that they ignore the truth because they do not hear His call to the true path. In short, by failing to follow their intelligence and their consciences, these people ignore Allah's instructions in the Day of Judgment, 
and they believe they are protecting themselves by doing so. The truth is that they are only fooling themselves. Let us state from the outset that people who deceive themselves are not some small, exceptional minority amongst those on the face of the earth. As we are told in the Quran, but most of them do not know the truth, so they turn away. Quran, chapter 21, verse 24. And again, many people reject the meeting with their Lord. Quran, chapter 30, verse 8. In order to avoid becoming one of the people in question, you should think for yourself one more time and make an effort to avoid being a self-deceiver because deceiving yourself by closing your eyes to the truth while you are in the world brings you not benefit, but great harm in the hereafter. Those who say, it didn't occur to me, I didn't know. If we compare every moment a person experiences in his life to a frame from a film, we can see that there are trillions of frames. Every one of these trillions represents an opportunity which the person is given. Every moment in life is an opportunity to think about the facts and see the truth before the day of judgment arrives. Those who use this blessing to their advantage are the people who can understand the real direction of worldly life by thinking about it. People who do not think and live their lives in error cannot take advantage of this opportunity. Of course, the concept of thinking means different things to different people. What some people regard as thinking is thinking about the future. For them, Making plans for the future and investing in it is what thinking is all about. Others see thinking as an accounting for the past. They spend all their time considering what they have gained and lost in the past. Others believe that it is useful to think only about today and not at all about tomorrow. This is their view of life. They live from day to day and have no definite purpose or path to follow. When they get up in the morning they think about what to have for breakfast and when they are going to work they think about how to get there. They think about who to go out for lunch with, what to cook for their guests in the evening and which shares it will be profitable to buy. The next day they wonder whether they will be able to find tickets for the football match or not, or who they should take to the office party. In short, the minds of most people are continually filled with ordinary, superficial, everyday thoughts. Millions of people on the face of the earth live out their lives with these and similar thoughts. For them, what they see is what is real and they are not really interested in thinking about deeper matters and going beyond the mundane. However, what we mean by thinking, here is deep reflection about the purpose of human life, the proofs of the creation around us, the creative perfection of Allah that is apparent in the universe, about death, the hereafter and the day of judgment. This is where most people are lacking. Consider this. People are educated for years and become biologists, engineers or doctors, even professors, but they never once think about how they came to be created out of nothing or that they might exist for a definite purpose. They write theses, achieve doctorates, become faculty members or doctors who bring people back to health or lawyers, but they never think at all about why or how they were created or that they are indebted to Allah for their creation. They write books, they take part in TV discussions, they rationalize their opinions and express their views but never once do they allow death and the accounting they will give to Allah to cross their minds. These people are making a grave mistake because death comes to everybody sooner or later and Allah will call everybody to account for their service to him. Being thoughtless will not do them any good. Every sane individual has a mind and a conscience capable of thinking about and comprehending the existence of Allah the purpose of creation and how Allah should be served. 
The truth is that people who do not think about these matters that are most vital to them are capable of thinking very clearly about other things that affect their worldly lives. For example, on commercial matters they know very well how they should use their money and they think about this at every turn. They can overcome major difficulties in their working lives and manage to come up with detailed responses to every aspect of a problem. When they want something they can make very long-term plans to achieve it and put them into effect step by step. In short, people are capable of thinking very clearly about matters that concern their worldly gains. For this reason, unless Allah wills it, excuses such as, I didn't think, or, it didn't cross my mind, will not be accepted in the hereafter. Every newborn baby enters the world that Allah has created. Wherever a person looks, he encounters a glorious creation, flawless design and systems planned down to the last detail. A person who thinks about what he encounters can easily understand that all these things were created, but a person who is trapped in everyday life and worldly ambitions puts what he sees down to chance and overlooks the truth. If you show such a person a simple picture and ask, did this draw itself by chance? He will reply, of course not, there must be an artist who drew it. But this same person avoids thinking about the extraordinary art that surrounds him in nature and why it was created. In the same way, people avoid considering that the life of the world is temporary and that their real life is the eternal life which begins with their deaths. They see many people die every day but their own deaths do not cross their minds. They make worldly plans as though they will never die and they make no preparations for the hereafter. These people are harming themselves, because it is very easy to think about the purpose of human creation, about the art of Allah that is apparent throughout the universe, about death, the hereafter and the day of judgment. Contrary to what people believe, it is neither confusing nor difficult to think about any of these things. Nor is there any need to carry out lengthy research, receive a comprehensive education or acquire a wide variety of knowledge. For example, Every person with a conscience is drawn towards thinking about Allah's wonderful creation just by virtue of the life-sustaining air we breathe every day, the perfect wing structure which enables the birds to fly and the colorful world we see around us. In the same way, it is impossible for a person not to think that one day he will die when he lives in a world where news of death is an everyday occurrence. If a person does not close his ears to the voice of his conscience, does not devote himself to worthless tasks and does not deceive himself with materialistic logic, these deeper reflections will inevitably take root in his mind. It is necessary, however, for a person to demonstrate willpower in order to think deeply about realities and not fall into error. What should not be forgotten is that everybody has an enemy, Satan. Since Satan does not want people to turn to Allah by reflecting and thereby discerning the truth, he will definitely try to prevent them from doing so. He will start by presenting people with cunning blandishments. Amongst the most effective of these is the lie that they can be exempted from responsibility by not thinking. People who fall for this imagine they can protect themselves by saying, I didn't know, or, nobody told me, but they are deceiving themselves. While people are playing this trick on themselves, Allah, who is closer to them than their own skin, is aware of everything they do and of their every heedless thought. As a result, a person who avoids seeing his responsibility to Allah is really falling into a trap of his own making. By failing to think, he is only fooling himself. When he goes to the hereafter, 
he will see the truths he has been evading and will clearly understand that insincere excuses such as, I didn't know, it didn't cross my mind, I didn't think about it, are worthless when he is called to account in the presence of Allah. In a verse of the Quran, Allah warns people that the day of judgment is, the day when the excuses of the wrongdoers will not help them, Quran, chapter 40, verse 52. We are also informed of this truth in other verses. On that day the excuses of those who did wrong will not help them nor will they be able to appease Allah. Quran, chapter 30, verse 57. People who say, I knew but the time and the conditions were not right. Allah has sent the Quran as a book to guide people. Until the day of judgment, all people are held responsible for carrying out the instructions in the Quran and fulfilling their duty of worship. Except in the circumstances affirmed by Allah in the Quran is exceptional. Every human being will give an accounting on the day of judgment as to whether or not he performed the religious obligations. From this point of view, a person who uses a variety of excuses, other than those valid reasons which Allah accepts, for not performing his duty of obedience is deceiving himself. Despite this obvious truth, some people use the circumstances in which they find themselves as an excuse and ignore their responsibility to Allah. They put forward one excuse during their school years, another when they enter working life and yet another when they have children. Since they have no sincere intention of living a religious life, they present various different matters as obstacles to carrying out their duty of worship. Chief amongst these obstacles they present is that the time is not right and conditions not suitable. In everyday life, people make time for any number of things. Even if they have to make other sacrifices, they will always manage to set aside time, especially when their own benefit is at stake. Moreover, if their circumstances prevent them from carrying out an advantageous task, they are quick to think about the situation and find ways of removing the obstacle. However, people usually do not show the same determination when it comes to observing their acts of worship. You often meet people around you who present such excuses as, I want to pray but I can't find the time, I'm at school and I can't make time for prayers because I have to study, or, this is my summer house, I can't fast here. In the same way, you can also see lots of people who excuse their bad behavior by saying, I want to be a patient person, but everything happens at once, or, I don't want to get angry but I'm in a very stressful environment. In reality these people are not approaching the religion of Allah with sincerity because, as we have said before, they are capable of ignoring the time and their circumstances and coming up with all kinds of solutions when they stand to make a material gain, but when the matter in question is the need for them to fulfill their responsibility to Allah, who created them, they start complaining about difficulties right away. Let us give a more concrete example to make this easier to understand. If someone receives an offer to set aside one hour a day for a job that pays a lot of money, let us say ten times his monthly salary, then whatever circumstances he is in, he accepts immediately. This person may be preparing for his university examinations or he may have another very important job to do at the same time. Whatever he may be doing, if necessary he sacrifices his sleep or cuts down on his leisure time but he does not put forward lack of time as a problem. Right away he rearranges his entire schedule to fit in with the well-paid work which has to be done. This is an undeniable truth that applies to most people. If the person does not show the same determination in earning Allah's approval, 
This is insincerity and lack of conscience. Above all, the return a person will receive for his prayers is paradise and the eternal mercy of Allah, a reward that cannot be compared with a few extra dollars received for a job of work. However, most people are bewitched by the property and money they are striving to acquire, the credit cards they carry, the dollars they save in the houses, cars and fine clothes they enjoy, and they direct themselves to worldly pursuits, setting their religion aside and forgetting about the hereafter. They deceive themselves by saying, I don't have time, I'm very busy, I have work I need to finish, I have plans for the future, or, I'll do it later, instead of devoting themselves to the worship which will gain a reward for them in the hereafter. They do not live according to the superior morality Allah teaches, they do not pray, nor do they fast. They do not give to the needy from the things Allah has given them and they waste their lives in the pursuit of worldly gain. People who deceive themselves in the belief that the excuses they make will be accepted, and so either do not pursue their worship or put it off, are told what they will meet with in the hereafter in the following terms. That day man will be told what he did and failed to do. In fact, man will be clear proof against himself in spite of any excuses he might offer. Quran, Chapter 75, Verse 13 to 15. So be careful. Do not deceive yourself like these people by making excuses in this world that will be meaningless in the hereafter. As we are told in the above verses, whatever excuses you make, you really have an intelligence that is capable of understanding that they are not acceptable. If you pursue the desires of the self, you will account for this to Allah, our Lord. No work which you have to do is more urgent or more important than this because your eternal salvation is possible only through Allah's mercy. Those who claim illness and fatigue. Physical discomfort is one of the excuses people put forward for not following the religion. For example, a person who is unwilling to worship Allah claims to be ill when he is really perfectly healthy. He tries to use this to deceive himself and those around him, and fails to fulfill his responsibilities. Such a person should never forget that Allah knows everything. No human act or thought is a secret from Allah. Allah knows every thought that crosses a person's mind, everything he feels in his heart and everything which is hidden in his subconscious. As the Quran tells us, Allah knows what your hearts contain, Quran, chapter 3, verse 119. However, although they are given the opportunity to earn Allah's approval and attain paradise, people who are far removed from the morality of the Quran prefer to set aside their worship using illness as their excuse and follow their own selfish desires. In return for this insincerity, they will receive bitter torment in the hereafter because the excuses they offer for not carrying out Allah's instructions are dishonest. For people who really do have physical ailments, a number of concessions are provided in the Quran. For example, fasting is one of the religious duties which Allah has made compulsory. Consequently, people are obliged to carry out this instruction. In the Quran, Allah tells us clearly about situations in which people may be exempt from this form of worship. Fasting is prescribed, for a specified number of days. But any of you who are ill or on a journey should fast a number of other days. For those who can, scarcely, afford it, making up for it means feeding a poor man. And if someone does good of his own accord, it is better for him. But that you should fast is better for you, if you only knew. Quran, Chapter 2, Verse 184
As we can see in this verse, Allah recognizes the situation of travelers and sick people, and eases the task of carrying out the duty of fasting. In the verse's continuation, Allah points out where the greatest blessings lie for the believers. In a later verse, Allah tells us of another relaxation of the fasting rule and reminds us that He always wants ease for His servants. The month of Ramadan is the one in which the Quran was sent down as guidance for humanity, with clear signs containing guidance and discrimination. Any of you who are resident for the month should fast it. But any of you who are ill or on a journey should fast a number of other days. Allah desires ease for you, He does not desire difficulty for you. You should complete the number of days and proclaim Allah's greatness for the guidance He has given you so that hopefully you will be thankful. Quran, Chapter 2, Verse 185 As can be seen from this example, there is always an easy way for those who believe sincerely in Allah because the religion of Allah is extremely simple. Allah does not want any difficulties for people who wish to live by His religion. It is Allah who knows best what will be difficult for people and how to lighten their load, and in the Quran He tells us that He will not impose on anybody beyond the limit of His strength. Allah desires to make things lighter for you. Man was created weak. Quran, Chapter 4, Verse 28 We do not impose on any self any more than it can stand. With us there is a book which speaks the truth. They will not be wronged. Quran, Chapter 23 Verse 62. Most people behave very ungratefully in the face of Allah's compassion and blessings. Because of their attachment to worldly ambitions, they continually put forward one circumstance after another as excuses for not worshipping as they should. Of course, in doing so they are only deceiving and harming themselves because as we are told in the Quran, Allah is in need of nothing. If you are ungrateful, Allah is rich beyond need of any of you and He is not pleased with ingratitude in His servants. But if you are grateful, He is pleased with you for that. No burden-bearer can bear another's burden. Then you will return to your Lord and He will inform you of what you did. He knows what the heart contains. Quran, Chapter 39, Verse 7 Be careful. Do not deny your position of servitude to Allah and make excuses. Do not even think about such insincerity. Do not forget that Allah knows an insincere excuse before it even crosses a person's mind, and while you are deceiving yourself, if you suddenly meet with the angel of death, you will never be able to return to the world to worship Allah no matter how much you may want to. In the Quran, Allah tells us of the regret that will be felt on the day of judgment by healthy and able people who avoided worship. On the day when legs are bared and they are called on to prostrate, they will not be able to do so. Their eyes will be downcast, darkened by debasement. For they were called on to prostrate when they were in full possession of their faculties. Quran, Chapter 68, Verse 42-43 Those who say, Allah will forgive me anyway. Most people know of Allah's existence and accept it but they do not praise His might as they should. The matter on which they fall into deception is not Allah's existence but His attributes. For example, they believe quite rightly that Allah is very generous, affectionate and compassionate towards His servants but they do not really take on board His attribute of being the punisher of resistance to the faith and the one who torments and curses the deniers. These people who do not praise Allah as they should either have no fear of Allah at all or very little. In terms of the hereafter, 
This is very dangerous for them because a person with no fear of Allah who does not believe that he will be punished for what he does can easily commit all kinds of evil acts. Such people may succumb to the perverse idea, which is in no way related to the truth, that although they commit every sin which Allah condemns, he will forgive them anyway. Satan approaches people from this direction and causes them to imagine that they will be forgiven whatever they do. If we examine them, people in communities which have abandoned religion act on the basis of a distorted point of view and continually go against Allah's instructions and prohibitions. Those people who do not pray or fast, who do not help and protect the needy, who do not share their property because of meanness, who take unfair advantage of other people, who murder, steal and use the property of others fraudulently and who drive those around them into immorality, are the ones who commit these sins with the idea that Allah will forgive them anyway. The truth is that people who think in such a way have fallen into a great error because although Allah is the one who accepts repentance and forgives those who repent, at the same time, He is the one who, with eternal justice, repays everything which is done in the manner it deserves. Of course, those who do evil as well as those who do good will receive the repayment they deserve on the day of judgment. The Quran tells us this truth. Or do those who perpetrate evil deeds suppose that we will make them like those who believe and do right actions, so that their lives and deaths will be the same? How bad their judgment is! Allah created the heavens and earth with truth so that every self might be repaid for what it earned and they will not be wronged. Quran, Chapter 45, Verse 21-22 to Fear a day when you will be returned to Allah. Then every self will be paid in full for what it earned. They will not be wronged. Quran, Chapter 2, Verse 281 However, we should point out that naturally, any person can make mistakes during his life and may feel remorse for the wrong things he has done and the mistakes he has made because man is prone to error. Nobody can claim to be perfect. Because of this, while he is in the world a person can repent to Allah in order to be forgiven. Until death, Allah allows everybody the opportunity for repentance. But the Quran tells us what kind of repentance is sincere and will be accepted. In the following verses, Allah tells us that sincerity is a condition of repentance. Allah only accepts the repentance of those who do evil in ignorance and then quickly repent after doing it. Allah turns towards such people. Allah is all-knowing, all-wise. There is no repentance for people who persist in doing evil until death comes to them and who then say, Now I repent, nor for people who die unbelievers. We have prepared for them a painful punishment. Quran, Chapter 4, Verse 17-18 to Since this is the case, when a person falls into error he should not regard it as unimportant and think, Never mind, I'll be forgiven anyway he should sincerely turn towards our Lord and repent his mistake with the determination to put it right. What is important is for a person to be a sincere and honest servant of Allah. Only in this way can he hope for Allah's forgiveness. Those who do not take refuge in Allah and do not ask for forgiveness, who think that Allah will forgive them anyway, will meet with results which they do not at all expect. Be careful and do not risk making the mistake, with which Allah will not be pleased, of thinking that he will forgive you whatever happens. Otherwise you will be placing your eternal life in a grave danger of your own making. Those who think they are going to paradise whatever happens. In communities that have abandoned a religious way of life, 
Another of the matters on which people deceive themselves is the idea that they have the right to enter the garden. Although the great majority of these people accept that there is life after death, since they do not lead religious lives, they have the false belief that they will definitely go to paradise. How people arrive at such an opinion we do not know, but when comparing themselves with others, most of them see only their good points and so they think that they are good people in general and that as a result they have a right to enter paradise. What is most surprising is that these people form the concept of goodness, not according to the Quran but according to their own ignorant criteria. They choose not the way of life and the morality which Allah will approve but the lifestyle and morality approved by the society in which they live, and as a result of their misguided standards they fool themselves into imagining that they are bound for paradise. There is no doubt, of course, that hoping that Allah will grant one admission to paradise is a good thing, and wanting this is something to be encouraged. However, the most important indication that such a desire is sincere is when a person behaves consistently with entry into paradise, displaying fear of Allah and seeking refuge in Him throughout his life. Living a life which Allah will not approve and not fulfilling your obligations to Him while still claiming that you will go to paradise, is not only extremely insincere but also pure self-deception. According to this thinking, a person can neglect his obligations to Allah and waste countless opportunities on his own selfish desires and passions, and then automatically take his place amongst the sincere and right-acting believers, sharing with them all the bounties which Allah has prepared for them in paradise. This kind of reasoning shows that the person knows nothing about the Quran at all. Someone who understands the truths contained in the verses of the Quran knows very well that it is impossible to be saved on the basis of such misconceptions which arise out of people's susceptibility to self-deception. When someone becomes aware of and reflects on the fire as it is described in the Quran, he cannot bring himself to contemplate spending even a single moment there. He fights strenuously not only against going to the fire but against going anywhere near it because hell is a place filled with unimaginable suffering, pain and torment. As described in the Quran, the torment of hell is so violent as to make people wish they no longer existed. When they are flung into a narrow place in it, shackled together in chains, they will cry out there for destruction. Quran, Chapter 25, Verse 13 they will call out, Malik, let your Lord put an end to us. He will say, You will stay the way you are. Quran, Chapter 43, Verse 77 People who do not praise Allah and recognize His attributes as they should cannot appreciate the horror of the fire which He has prepared for unbelievers. This brings about in them a heedlessness. So much so that instead of acting on the basis of fear of hell and the desire to escape it they are prepared to contemplate going to hell for a time for certain acts they have committed. This point of view is very widespread in society. People who transgress Allah's commands and prohibitions in favor of their own selfish desires and passions hold the belief that they will serve out their punishment in hell and then go on to paradise. They think that they can do whatever they want in the life of the world and that they will then be punished in hell for a while before being forgiven. In fact, there is no guarantee of such a thing for anybody, unless Allah wills it. The fire is a place of eternal torment and any person who does not live according to Allah's commands may be condemned to this torment for eternity. People who imagine that after a time they will be released from the fire and do not fear Allah as they should are people who do not consider or understand His justice. In fact, 
Allah speaks of people who act on this superstitious belief and what they will suffer in the Quran. They say, the fire will only touch us for a number of days. Say, have you made a contract with Allah? Then Allah will not break his contract, or are you rather saying about Allah what you do not know? No indeed, those who accumulate bad actions and are surrounded by their mistakes, such people are the companions of the fire, remaining in it timelessly, forever. Whereas those who believe and do right actions, such people are the companions of the garden, remaining in it timelessly, forever. Quran, Chapter 2, Verse 80-82 Also the following. That is because they say, the fire will only touch us for a number of days. Their inventions have deluded them in their religion. Quran, Chapter 3, Verse 24 As the above verses relate, only Allah knows who will suffer what torment and how long a person will remain in the fire. The hopelessness and helplessness which will be experienced by people who say during their lives, I'll serve my time and come out, and deceive themselves with their own arrogant and erroneous mentality, is described by Allah in the following verses. He will say, The fire is your home. You will be in it timelessly, forever, except as Allah wills. Your Lord is all-wise, all-knowing. Quran, Chapter 6, Verse 128 But as for those who are deviators, their refuge is the fire. Every time that they want to get out, they are put straight back into it again and they are told, Taste the punishment of the fire, which you denied. Quran, Chapter 32, Verse 20 They will want to get out of the fire but they will not be able to. They will have an everlasting punishment. Quran, Chapter 5 Verse 37. If you do not want to be one of the people referred to in the above verses, think again about this subject and whatever you do, do not give way to the unfounded belief that you will go to paradise whatever happens or that you will serve out your punishment and be released from hell. Judge yourself not according to groundless criteria but according to the verses of the Quran. In the Quran, Allah tells us in detail what kind of person you should be in order to deserve paradise. Do not forget that nobody's entry into paradise is guaranteed. On the contrary, everybody is being tested in the life of the world and everyone is in danger of going to hell. The Quran points out to us that even Allah's most sincere and conscientious prophets prayed to him on this matter. Yusuf said, My Lord, you have granted power to me on earth and taught me the true meaning of events. Originator of the heavens and earth, you are my friend in this world and the next. So take me as a Muslim at my death and join me to the people who are righteous. Quran, Chapter 12, Verse 101 In this situation, nobody should deceive himself, nobody will be able to enter the gates of paradise so long as he does not bow down and deliver himself to Allah and does not earn the approval of our Lord. In a verse of the Quran, Allah shows us that this is impossible with the following very clear example. As for those who deny our signs and are arrogant regarding them, the gates of heaven will not be opened for them, and they will not enter the garden until a camel goes through a needle's eye. That is how we repay the evildoers. Quran, Chapter 7, Verse 40 People who say, I was just doing the same as everybody else. In a number of matters in which people fall into error, collective psychology has a great influence especially in communities which lack religion, following the herd comes to be the norm even when it is mistaken or bad.
Even though he knows in his conscience what is right, under the influence of crowd psychology a person silences his conscience with the incorrect idea that so many people can't be wrong and so goes along with the majority. In fact, the majority view is no yardstick on any matter. The only guide by which people can separate right from wrong is the Quran, which was sent down for this purpose. Those who accept and conform to criteria other than those of the Quran fall into very grave errors. In the Quran, Allah warns us very clearly on the matter of going along with the majority. If you obeyed most of those on earth, they would misguide you from Allah's way. They follow nothing but conjecture. They are only guessing. Quran, Chapter 6, Verse 116 Underlying the principle of conforming to the majority is the bankrupt idea that if everybody is agreed on something it is essential to go along with it. That is, a person is afraid of being criticized or condemned or isolated by others if he does not abandon what he knows to be right to go along with the majority. This is a mentality which is very widespread amongst all people, whether they are young or old. There are people who, solely for this reason, fail to observe their obligations of worship and ignore the approval of Allah throughout their lives for the sake of the approval of the majority. A person does not have to calculate what others think and then act accordingly. With the Quran Allah frees people from dependence of all types. A person is accountable only to Allah and will be called to account only as to whether or not he believed in and conformed to the Quran. The fact is that everybody knows this truth very well but many people deceive themselves by putting forward the excuse of going along with the majority and thinking that they can deceive those around them. However, when they enter the hereafter they will find that the large community of people they went along with cannot save them just as they cannot save themselves. Allah tells us about the state of such people in the Quran. No indeed, if he does not desist, we will grab him by the forelock, a lying, sinful forelock. Let him call his attendants, we will call the guards of hell. No indeed, do not obey him, but prostrate and draw near. Quran Chapter 96, verse 15 to 19. A person in this position has ignored the approval of Allah in order to fit in with those around him and has never considered that he will come face to face with the day of judgment. Now he will go to the fire along with the irreligious majority to whom he attached great importance and for whose approval he neglected Allah. This being the case, do not deceive yourself and distance yourself from the faith by making the excuse of going along with the majority. Never abandon what you know from the Quran to be right, and live by what is right even if you do so alone. Do not forget that the determination you show in gaining Allah's approval will be the means for you to live eternally in the shelter of His great mercy. Those who say, I am following scientific progress. Another of the factors which drive people to neglect their religion is the existence of scientists who fall into the error of rejecting Allah and the Day of Judgment. The age in which we live is one in which science has made major advances and in which, from the scientific point of view, we are encountering things which have never previously been experienced in history. With the opportunities provided by science and technology, we are observing the order and design in the universe, realizing the flawlessness of the systems created by Allah, getting to know more closely a large number of truths about the way living creatures were created and discovering the miracles of the Quran one by one. However, there are also people who use science for their own worldly benefit and try to use it to support their opposition to religion. 
These people present themselves as scientists but they use science not to research and discover the facts but to bolster their own ideologies. They ignore the flawless creation in the universe and living things and their miraculous characteristics, and put forward the false claim that everything came into existence by itself and by chance. Their purpose is to reject the existence of Allah and make their communities reject it too. By this means they want to create communities made up of separate individuals in which nobody feels responsibility for anybody else and in which immorality of every type becomes widespread. The vast majority of people are easily influenced by those scientists who are merely determined to spread their own ideas. Scientists are regarded as those best qualified to make the best assessments on every subject. This is however a wrong assumption. Of course, there are valuable scientists who use science for its true purpose and whose knowledge we can benefit from on a great many matters. However, in scientific circles there are people outside this category who pervert and conceal the facts and mislead others for their own worldly advantage. For this reason, scientists, like everybody else, should not be judged solely according to their scientific credentials or the number of their qualifications, but according to whether they use the knowledge they possess in accordance with the purpose of their creation, and live in the manner which Allah approves. This is the correct approach for a person who believes in Allah. As we said earlier, Allah states in the Quran that conformity to the majority is harmful and that it is the majority which persists in its resistance to the faith. Since this is the case, a person should not accept the word of others without investigating and learning the details, and should reach the correct conclusion by relying on his own intelligence and conscience. In the following verse of the Quran, Allah points this out to us. Do not pursue what you have no knowledge of. Hearing. Sight and hearts will all be questioned. Quran, chapter 17, verse 36. So accepting and following the word of others right away is nothing but self-deception. A person is responsible for conforming to what is right as Allah instructs and for advising others to do so. This is the truth, and putting forward excuses in an attempt to deceive yourself and those around you can bring no benefit in the hereafter. In the Quran, Allah warns us that there will always be people who invite others to unbelief and make promises on this matter, and points out that such people and those who follow them will meet with suffering. Those who disbelieve say to those who believe, Follow our way and we will bear the weight of your mistakes. They will not bear the weight of a single one of their mistakes. Truly they are liars. They will bear their own burdens and other burdens together with their own. On the day of resurrection they will be questioned about what they invented. Quran, chapter 29, verse 12 to 13. The End Awaiting Those Who Deceive Themselves At the beginning of this book we said that Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, realized the existence and greatness of Allah and immediately understood the necessity of serving him through the use of his own conscience, without having to be taught. You should know that everybody has the same conscience. What distinguishes people regarded as having no conscience from those whose conscience is strongly developed is that the former close their eyes and stop up their ears against what they know to be true, while the latter do not. People who heed the voice of their conscience at every moment like Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, a prophet praised by Allah in the Quran, lead beautiful and tranquil lives because such people possess the spiritual ease which comes with conformity to what is right and hoping for a fine reward in the hereafter.
The exact opposite is true of people who do not heed their consciences. These people suffer the secret pain, the hidden torment of the conscience, of knowing that their failure to conform to what is right and true will bring them serious punishment in the hereafter. Wherever they go, whatever they do, this pain never lets them alone. Even if they own the biggest fortune in the world and travel around from one country to another, they are never spared this spiritual pressure. The truth is that this tormented conscience is a warning from Allah to these people to turn back from their wrongdoing. For this reason, to the faithful it is a great blessing because it encourages people to come to their senses, repent and correct their behavior. However, for people who have abandoned religion and sincerity, it is torture in the full sense of the word. Although they know the reason for this torment they experience, they ignore its cause instead of taking steps to rectify it. As a result of the tension brought about by this contradiction in their lives, they can never be truly happy and at peace. So, as we said at the beginning of this book, people who deceive themselves by ignoring and refusing to understand the truth even though they know it, live their entire lives in spiritual torment. While their consciences are under this spiritual pressure and suffering this torment, they try to ease their discomfort with artificial pleasures, but they can never succeed because the only way of easing a tormented conscience is to repent and submit to Allah. If, instead of listening to your conscience, you too deceive yourself with various excuses and follow your own selfish desires and passions, you too will experience an inner torment against which you can never defend yourself. However, the gravest consequence of this form of self-deception is that the pains you suffer are not solely limited to the life of this world because Allah tells us that people who deceive themselves in the life of this world and ignore the day of judgment will be met with great pain and sorrow in the hereafter. In fact in the Quran, the day of judgment is referred to as the day of profit and loss. On the day he gathers you for the day of gathering, that is the day of profit and loss. As for those who believe in Allah and act rightly, we will erase their bad actions from them and admit them into gardens with rivers flowing under them, remaining in them timelessly, forever and ever. That is the great victory. But as for those who are unbelievers and deny our signs they are the companions of the fire, remaining in it timelessly, forever. What an evil destination! Quran, Chapter 65, Verse 9-10 the loss described in the verses begins with the unbelievers' death and continues with their resurrection and calling to account after which they find their true home by being sent to hell. The Quran tells us of some of the things which people who are deceived by Satan's promises and who deceive themselves with excuses in the life of the world will encounter in hell. The throes of death come revealing the truth. That is what you were trying to evade. The trumpet will be blown. That is the day of the threat. Every self will come together with a driver and a witness. You were heedless of this so we have stripped you of your covering and today your sight is sharp. His inseparable comrade will say, This is what I have ready for you. Hurl into hell every obdurate disbeliever, impeder of good, doubt-causing aggressor, who set up another deity together with Allah. Hurl him into the terrible punishment. His inseparable comrade will say, Our Lord, I did not make him overstep the limits. He was, 
in any case, far astray. He will say, do not argue in my presence, when I gave you advance warning of the threat. My word, once given, is not subject to change and I do not wrong my servants. On the day he says to hell, are you full, it will ask, are there no more to come? Quran, Chapter 50, Verse 19-30 The Advantages of Sincerity Over Self-Deception Throughout eternity a person is tested only once and this period of testing is made up, on average, of six or seven decades. A person's behavior during this testing period determines the form of his eternal life. If someone spends this brief but extremely important period in self-deception, he fails the test. The truth is this, by deceiving himself, a person can neither change the truth nor evade his responsibility. On the contrary, running away from the truth works only against the person himself. At every moment when he silences his conscience and tries to comfort himself with all kinds of illusory excuses and rationalizations, he is really suffering a terrible loss. Unless Allah wills it, the return for this lack of intelligence will be a sorrow which can never be relieved. Since this is the case, there is no need for self-deception. It is sufficient to carry out one's duty of serving Allah with very clear knowledge and care. This is possible if the person heeds the voice of his conscience and conforms to Allah's book. For a sincere believer, there is no other way. The finest and most beneficial way for a person is to be constantly aware that each moment brings him a little closer to death and the day of judgment, and that every act and every thought which crosses his mind is known to Allah. Know that this is the way which leads to sincerity towards Allah and that it is actually the simplest. After a little thought and a clear decision, a person can live his entire life in the clarity of knowledge which that decision brings. Once he gains this clarity of knowledge, it will not allow him to do himself any serious damage by deceiving himself. Do not forget that deceiving yourself is like playing with fire. While a person is enjoying himself and devoting himself wholly to worldly things, he may at any moment find angels at his side who have come to take his life. Will he be able to continue the same game and the same deception when the angels, as a verse of the Quran has it, pluck out harshly? Will he be able to say, how well I have done? Throughout my life in the world I have eaten, drunk, traveled, enjoyed myself and ignored my responsibilities and my duty of obedience. Of course not. This is an idea which would not occur even to the most heedless person. On the contrary, at that moment he will experience indescribable panic and terror, and that is just the beginning. When he enters the gates of hell this terror and remorse will be unbearable, and he will suffer eternal torment. This is a truth which should not be neglected even for only a moment. Allah points this out in the Quran and describes the remorse and helplessness of the ones who deceive themselves as follows. Turn to your Lord and submit to Him before punishment comes upon you, for then you cannot be helped. Follow the best that has been sent down to you from your Lord before the punishment comes upon you suddenly when you are not expecting it, lest anyone should say, Alas for me for neglecting what Allah was due, and being one of the scoffers, or lest they should say, If only Allah had guided me, I would have had fear of Allah, 
or lest he should say, when he sees the punishment, if only I could have another chance so that I could be a good doer. Quran, Chapter 39, Verse 54-58